0: Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on The Light
1: Breakfast. And we're talking about looking different on growing pains today. This is something very hard for kids who do because they stand out and usually
0: standing out isn't celebrated or even accepted easily. We've got LIGHTS resident child psychologist Katiana Asman here to help us understand better how this impacts both the kiddos and their parents. You know, with some kids growing up looking different from others, whether it's albinism or dwarfism, how can parents understand what the kid is growing through?
1: I mean, I think despite how empathetic parents try to be, or I think anyone tries to be, unless you're walking in their shoes and going through that experience, I think like a complete understanding of what it's like going through life with those very visible physical differences um, is difficult to do, right? And so I think that the best thing, or I think that the thing that parents should appreciate is very much that, that there is going to be a certain percentage or amount of... um, total understanding and acknowledgement that you're not going to be able to get. And so trying to kind of overcompensate for that, because I've seen parents do this where they would say things like, oh, but, you know, I have this as well. You know, you don't see me getting upset about it or they have something else that they try to equate. And so I think that it's about recognizing that your child is going through a very unique experience that you don't have necessarily the life experience or the skill set in that time to be able to appreciate it fully, but your support is still extremely important. And so kind of lending an ear to your child and having them communicate to you what that experience is like for them, and then supporting them however they need, I think is the best way forward.
0: And sort of especially when they get older is being able to say, I don't know, How this makes you feel, or I don't Mm -hmm. know what your experience is like. Is that Mm -hmm. something that parents can afford to do um, to open up conversations?
1: Absolutely. I think that there's no shame in admitting as parents that we don't know everything because that encourages kids to recognize that feeling of loss in themselves and recognizing that feeling of confusion in themselves. But of course, immediately appending it with, you know, I don't know, but I want to understand. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that allows them to appreciate that, you know, there might not be things that we can fully solve in this moment, but so long as we remain constructive and so long as we're open to different perspectives, you know, we'll figure something out that works for us. But it is a very difficult situation, especially when you don't have experience with it yourself, maybe, right? So if your child is going through some type of difference that you don't have, you know, you're not going to be able to provide them with the experience, which is what they're after. So admitting that, you know, I I don't know, this is new to me too, but I want to understand so that we can all learn and figure it out together. Right. And I think that's kind of the, the important
0: thing. Jenna, you know, with some kids growing up looking different from others, whether it's albinism or dwarfism, how can parents understand what the kid is growing through?
1: I mean, I think despite how empathetic parents try to be or I think anyone tries to be unless you're walking in their shoes and going through that experience I think like a complete understanding of what it's like going through life with those very visible physical differences um, is difficult to do right and so I think that the best thing or I think that the thing that parents should appreciate is very much that that there is going to be a certain percentage or amount of um total understanding and acknowledgement that you're not going to be able to get. And so trying to kind of overcompensate for that, because I've seen parents do this where they would say things like, oh, but, you know, I have this as well. You know, you don't see me getting upset about it or they have something else that they try to equate. And so I think that it's about recognizing that your child is going through a very unique experience that you don't have necessarily the life experience or the skill set in that time to be able to appreciate it fully, but your support is still extremely important. And so kind of lending an ear to your child and having them communicate to you what that experience is like for them, and then supporting them however they need, I think is the best way forward.
0: And it's sort of especially when they get older is being able to say, I don't know, how this makes you feel or i don't Mm -hmm. know what your experience is like is that Mm -hmm. something that parents can afford to do um to open up conversations
1: Absolutely. I think that there's no shame in admitting as parents that we don't know everything because that encourages kids to recognize that feeling of loss in themselves and recognizing that feeling of confusion in themselves. But of course, immediately appending it with, you know, I don't know, but I want to understand. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that allows them to appreciate that, you know, there might not be things that we can fully solve in this moment, but so long as we remain constructive and so long as we're open to different perspectives, you know, we'll figure something out that works for us. But it is a very difficult situation, especially when you don't have experience with it yourself, maybe, right? So if your child is going through some type of difference that you don't have, you know, you're not going to be able to provide them with the experience, which is what they're after. So admitting that, you know, I I don't know, this is new to me too, but I want to understand so that we can all learn and figure it out together. Right. And I think that's kind of the the important thing. So Katya, how do we then prepare our kids when they're about to enter society, like transitioning into school where people might, you know, name call or tease their appearance? What can be done? Mm -hmm. You know, I think recognizing or acknowledging that there are these differences, right, so that they are prepared for them. Some parents try to encourage the mindset that there's absolutely nothing different about you, which is great. And we don't want our children feeling like that they are their appearance or they are these differences, right? But I think that to pull the wool over our children's eyes is also, you know, a little bit too naive of us because they are going to go to school and there are going to be children and even some adults who don't. To have that level of sensitivity, right? So I think that you know, if your child is heading into school, then I think that how you should approach it is by you know recognizing it and be like, you know, you're going to go to school soon, and when you're at school, you might notice that there are some things about how the other kids look or how the teachers look that might not look like how you look, right? And there might be some people who are going to ask you questions, and there are some people who might say some nasty things, and I want you to know that no matter how you feel about it, mommy and daddy are here for you to to come talk to, and you can always talk to a teacher and reach out but when people ask those questions it's because they're curious right so I think what I'm trying to illustrate is to be able to show these kids the reality of the situation that especially if we're talking about kids here they can't mm. they can't help themselves they're going to ask you know yeah um, why are you like that yeah exactly. exactly they can't help themselves and there's 99.9% of the time there's no malicious intent behind it right and so I think it's important for our kids to know that this is going to happen and if it does there's nothing wrong with that and that you're in a position to actually empower your child in that instance and just recently I heard that one of the schools that I was working with had actually provided the child that I'm working with with the platform to actually have a show and tell and tell his classmates about what his condition was and how it impacted him and what he liked about it and the kids loved it right that's incredible and so this this child came home feeling you know extremely positive about his differences and so I think it's about taking it from that perspective so that we're not sugarcoating it we're not bubble wrapping them but we're also showing them to own it and that there's more to them than these differences which they might think are negative
0: i mean one of the things i know as a parent uh, you struggle with is helping kids validate and then also express their emotions related to whatever problem is at hand when we're talking about appearance what's the best way to help these kids
1: I mean we don't want our children to be hyper fixated on appearance that causes a whole other thing but I think that depending on what age they're at or as they kind of go through especially towards the teen years these things become so much more important right your appearance becomes more of an important topic of conversation so I think that these are things that are inevitable and I think that parents kind of just have to take it one day at a time and reinforcing that these appearances or these changes or these differences don't define you that there are other qualities and other strengths there are other things that people like about you and kind of not making the child feel that this will be what defines them as a human being because it it isn't and they might not see that because especially if they're teenagers and they have other friends who get to wear certain types of clothes that they can't or look a certain way they're going to feel very self-conscious and very different in a bad way and so you know my advice to parents is to be able to take that in your stride and to remember that hey i know nothing i'm gonna say is gonna make you feel like a superhero right now less yes you don't look like so-and-so-and-so, right? But there is a billion other things about you that they don't have, right? And so it's about strengthening that within them and having them know that there are a lot of other qualities, whether it be physical or not, that are equally as valuable, if not more than what is on the outside. And just kind of drilling that home, not invalidating it and saying, oh, how you look doesn't matter, because it does matter, right? And it does matter to them. So brushing it aside is not what we want to do, but we want to go, okay, yes, how you look is important to you. you don't look like how you wish you look and i get that and I know that as your mom or as your dad, you're probably going to think that I'm super biased and I probably am, you know, yeah. and one of the things that I actually do with, with my clients is whenever appearance comes up into the conversation, I always ask them, I said, Hey, so let me ask you this. If a new kid joined your class and he or she wasn't the most attractive according to everyone else or had funky hair or was not as tall as everyone else, right? Whatever thing pops into my head. And they say that, you know, say this child doesn't look like what you would, consider an attractive or a person who's supposed to look is supposed to look in that way but this person was great at sports and this person had all the same interests as you would you feel that this was someone you didn't want to be friends with or you didn't feel was worthy of your time because of how they looked on the outside and every single time this child will say no every Mm -hmm. single time right and so I say well okay so if you feel that if you met someone who had all these amazing qualities that had nothing to do with how they looked on the outside and you'd want to be friends with them why do you think that you'd be exempt from that? rule a lot of them then kind of go like oh yeah you know because they don't see it from that perspective so Mm -hmm. i think it's about driving home that message that it really isn't so much about what's on the outside but we have to acknowledge that they do feel different here's a question that's based on well what is perhaps a reality that not a lot of people may want to face what's the best thing that we can do when we're out in public and our child actually faces some discrimination what can we do as parents you know, whenever I hear that this happens, it just blows my mind that it still happens in 2022. And you're right. And the reality of it is there are some people who did not get uploaded the empathy or sympathy chip at some point during their birth. And so I think that when that happens, the main priority is protecting your child, right? So depending on how aggressive or violent or difficult this person is being, I think the thing that's super important is, and the main priority is protecting your child. So ensuring that your child isn't exposed to anything that could Harm them, right? So if it's just glares or people staring, then I would say just kind of make it part of the wallpaper, right? Show your child that it's not something that you need to respond to. Mm. Your child might notice and your child might comment be like, yeah, but they're looking at you because they're interesting, Mm. right? And then kind Mm. of just making it something that you brush off. But if say you get confronted and you have someone who shouts nasty things and things like that, then of course, the first thing you want to do is to remove your child from that situation. And if they do get in your personal space or to get aggressive, then, you know, again, just kind of saying as politely as possible that, this behavior is not acceptable and we're not going to tolerate it. But I feel that, you know, because I've seen some parents who I think just with the best of intentions wanting to protect their child get into a back and forth altercation with people who try to attack them in that way. And what you tend to miss is a child witnessing that altercation and feeling that this altercation took place because of them. So I would say prioritize your child's safety. If you can remove your child from that situation, make sure they're not witnessing anything. If you need to have trade words, or to make a report or do whatever do that without your child's present but you know if it's possible to not engage and focus on your child walking away from that without any comprehension that anything was wrong then all the better so you know like i said saying like they're looking because you're interesting there's not very many kids who look like you so i'm sure they're just trying to check you out you know Mm -hmm. making it seem like something that's you know but yeah but if they get in your face and if they shout some nasty things right you know reassure your child um, remove them and then do what you have to do afterwards if you
0: Yeah, practical advice. We must remember that because it's so difficult when we're so emotionally charged from a situation. Well, thank you so much, Katiana. You can listen to all of our Growing Pain sessions again on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app.